This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. The West Virginia legislature is finding new ways for people to enjoy the outdoors and take ownership of it as well. So I think the bottom line here is is we want to be open to all forms of outdoor adventures. And, you know, the trail is just one example of how you can enjoy a trail in multiple different ways. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. A federal government study shows that coal miners face a higher risk for death from lung disease, including black lung. Curtis Tate has more. Coal miners born in 1940 or after have an eight times greater likelihood of dying from non-malignant respiratory disease than the general population. The University of Illinois Chicago and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention studied more than 235,000 coal miners who died between 1979 and 2017. The study found they had far greater odds of dying of black lung, COPD, and lung cancer than the general population. Modern miners face greater risk than their predecessors, and the risk is concentrated in three Appalachian states, Kentucky, Virginia, and West Virginia. Severe black lung disease, which is caused by inhalation of mine dust, is more frequent in younger miners, the study found. The only bright spot? Coal miners were found to have a lower risk of heart disease than the general population. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Curtis Tate in Charleston. The Senate and Governor Jim Justice agree on the estimated $750 million Senate tax reform plan, but the House needs time to study. Randy Yowie has more. The Senate plan sent to the House includes a personal income tax cut, a property tax credit for vehicles, and a tax break on equipment and inventory aimed at small businesses. House Majority Whip Marty Gearhart, a Republican from Mercer County, says there needs to be close examination of the Senate tax proposal before any final decisions are made. There are, are, is a lot of detail in that bill, and we want to be certain to go through it to make sure it is correct and something that we can work with. Gearhart said there's never a rubber stamp for the House or Senate. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie in Charleston. The Allegheny Front, based in Pittsburgh, is a public radio program that reports on environmental issues in the region. Here's their latest story about long-term issues from the East Palestine chemical spill. After the train derailment, some in East Palestine are looking to outside researchers to tell them if their homes and businesses are safe. This is the Allegheny Front Environment Update. I'm Carol Holsapel. Emily Wright lives in Columbiana County and is the development director for River Valley Organizing, which is based in East Liverpool, Ohio. The group is trying to coordinate independent soil and water testing and is in touch with researchers at the universities of Pittsburgh and Kentucky. Wright says though the U.S. EPA says its monitoring indicates the air there is safe to breathe, she has other concerns since the fires and smoke have dissipated. When the dust settles, the air quality, of course, isn't going to be still affected. But they let people back in their homes before they did completed soil and water testing. People's homes still have all of the contaminants on the surfaces. So when you sit on the couch and, you know, they go up in the air when you, you know, dust. So our major concern is that, and residents are reporting um, to us and on the East Palestine talk page, like the Facebook pages, they're showing that they're waking up with rashes. They're having respiratory symptoms that are worsening. Why does your group think independent testing is necessary in East Palestine? 
as we're nonpartisan nonprofit, you know, we're finding that a lot of the programs, depending on what administration they're under, totally change with that. You know, the EPA is one of them. I don't care what any politician says or what letters behind their name, all of them have failed. And we keep hearing the railroad had safety regulations that were loosened under the Trump administration. Well, we've been under a new administration for two years and they're still loosened. And as someone that like my father has bilateral asbestosis from working at Weirton Steel, you know, I have family members with multiple myeloma after working a nuclear power plant. And my family has literally given our lives to these industries. We work in these industries. We live by these industries. We get it. We're all for commerce, but what we're not for anymore is our bodies in Appalachia and in these areas being used uh, for the commerce of the United States. This is why independent testing needs to be done. And this is why existing institutions need to be checked and we're not against government and we're not against the EPA. We just want them to do their job and actually serve the people. Is it that you don't trust the EPA's and Ohio EPA's test results or is this like additional testing? I think it's more additional testing. It's not <clears throat> it's not that they think that the EPA's test results are bad. It's that are they testing for everything they should? And did they test for everything they should before they let people in their homes and the answer is no. So the trust is broken. So our concern is that if people don't see some independent testing done and other people coming in, it will spread further misinformation. It will cause hysteria where it doesn't need to be. We're actually trying to do the the opposite of that right now. And you're focusing on soil and water testing. Yes. Our focus with soil and water is really important, especially in the long term. Um, East Palestine, I don't know if you know about Northern Columbiana County in general, but we're mostly farming communities and small businesses. So we're surrounded by farms. We're trying to make sure that focus isn't lost for the community. Maybe the media calms down on this and people forget about East Palestine because they're not from here. In Pennsylvania and Darlington where they were affected and we want to be here. Emily Wright is the Development Director for River Valley Organizing, which is trying to coordinate independent soil and water testing in East Palestine. There's more on the train derailment at AlleghenyFront.org. That's the Allegheny Front Environment Update. I'm Carol Holsapple. The Allegheny Front is based in Pittsburgh and reports on regional environmental news. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 7.50. Gradual clearing today, high temperatures in the 40s and 50s. Partly cloudy tonight with lows in the 30s and 40s. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and warmer with highs in the 60s and 70s. Support for the weather forecast is provided by the attorneys at Taurus Save a Law. Representing firefighters, police officers, and West Virginia families. Information at TaurusSaveAlaw.com. And by Sinesta Suites in Charleston, an extended stay hotel located near the airport, downtown, and state capitol. More at Sinesta.com.
with West Virginia tourism growing as a Four Seasons nationwide destination, there's an abundance of legislation to enhance hiking and biking with rail trails and rest stops along the way. For the legislature today, Caroline McGregor spoke with House Minority Leader Doug Scaff, a Democrat from Kanawha County, and Senator Mark Maynard to learn about what the legislature has planned to support that industry. A couple of bills that recently passed the House would create uh, more opportunities for volunteers around existing state-owned land. And um, one of those is Senate Bill 4, and there's also Senate Bill 143. Um, these create, in respectively, adopt a trail and adopt a stream. Um, Tell me a little bit about these bills, if you would. You know, we can take it in turns, but first of all, how do you adopt a trail? Well, you go through the DNR. Uh, they have a, they're going to enact a process that is handled uh, from the main office, whereas right now you can ad adopt a trail and volunteer at the individual uh, parks. But this is like a program that's ran out of the main office, and it codifies it and uh, hopefully will increase uh, participation. Okay. Um, and also, you know, we're talking about more than just cleaning up here. So, you know, it's more than just picking up litter. And a point of interest that caught my eyes was, you know, that, that this would actively involve or encourage activities um, and programs along the trails. Could you, you know, expound upon those, please? A, a dream of mine is for user groups to get involved, different clubs, you know, that have membership and adopt these trails as a whole. Uh, and that would potentially have signage or something that whatever uh, club has adopted, be it equestrian or OHV or whoever has decided to, uh, to adopt it. Yeah, I think just like, you know, in the past, adopt a road, adopt a stream. I think it's an opportunity, like the senator said, is to come together as a group and take ownership. We have just such world-famous and successful trails across West Virginia, and how neat is it for groups to come together to adopt an area, state claim to it, and then take pride in it. And it also helps advertise the trails, you know, with those groups, and maybe people who, who help keep them, keep them safe and clean also come back and get to participate in them. Mm -hmm. And it helps the communities themselves, you know, involve those along the way, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. um, tell me a little bit about, you know, how, well, a bit more about how communities could be involved and also, you know, from leading from that into how it will benefit tourism in general. Well, tourism, tourism uh, I can't say enough about our, uh, about Chelsea Ruby, who's just done a phenomenal job when it comes to tourism, and especially, especially in southern West Virginia. You know, these trails are, these are world-famous trails now, and now we're trying to, to emulate them across the rest of the state and continue to put uh, groups and organizations and, and function together so we can just make West Virginia covered with, I think we have over 100,000 miles of trails right now. I think it's one of those things where you can be proud about West Virginia and say, we've got these trails, and no other states do. So people come to us, it used to be, you know, white rafting, whitewater rafting, and skiing, and everything else. Trails is right up there as the top three things that people mention when you say West Virginia. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, Senator Maynard, e-bikes. Let's talk about e-bikes for a moment. You know, some legislation, I believe, passed the Senate today um, that esta basically establishes rules and regulations for e-bikes in West Virginia. Um, tell me why this change was necessary and how this will impact you know public lands a few years back i found out that e-bikes were not legal on any public land where a normal bicycle was used so i went to the dnr uh, trying to get all classes uh, legalized and they were a little uh, concerned and they would just allow class ones and i believe that was about 2019 that that passed through 
and um, so the DNRs had time to evaluate it. Now they're uh, renting their own e-bikes at some of their properties, and they were okay with class twos being defined and class threes being allowed. So now all classes are welcome. I had done some research after class one passed and realized that people, West Virginia didn't have a very good view on people because of not defining class twos, not allowing class threes. So now the word should be out there that all are welcome on uh, e-bikes in West Virginia. I see. And, and I hear that you know, the state park folks themselves are quite happy about this. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah they full approval of the DNR. All right. There is some concern, though, from people, you know, equestrian uh, people, horse riders, about the bikes and perhaps hunters and others, um, that, you know, about these bikes infringing upon their territory, so to speak. What would you say to those people? This bill specifically does not allow an e-bike anywhere that a regular bike isn't allowed. And I don't own an e-bike, but I've ridden them. Have you ever ridden one? I have not. Okay. But uh, it's an amazing thing. It's basically just <laughs> riding a bicycle with a little extra power when you need it. Okay. House Bill 3147, this expands the Mountaineer Trail Network. Tell me what this does. I'll, you want to yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, well, it actually expands it to a different section of what the original legislation that the Mountaineer Trail Network did. It's non-motorized and it's bicycle, uh, hiking, equestrian, um, all non-motorized type. And it's got a similar um, uh, situation, kind of like Hatfield-McCoy with some liability protections built in, but uh, Hatfield-McCoy is, is motorized and this is kind of like a non-motorized version of Hatfield-McCoy. That was Senator Mark Maynard and Delegate Doug Scaff speaking with Caroline McGregor for the legislature today. To hear the rest of that interview, visit our website at wvpublic.org. Tune in every evening, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. on radio and television to get updates on the legislative session. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from West Virginia University, Concord University, and Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Caroline McGregor, Curtis Tate, Chris Schultz, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Liz McCormick, Randy Yoey, and Shepard Snyder. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning. Mm -hmm.